0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 52nd Best Picture winner Kramer vs. Kramer.
1: Kramer vs. Kramer is a 1979 legal slash family drama that was written and directed by Robert Benton. It is based on a 1977 novel by the same name and stars Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep, Jane Alexander, and Justin Henry. It centers around a couple's divorce and is a commentary on modern gender roles and expectations of parenthood.
0: And let me tell you, going into this, I was concerned about that synopsis, but this movie delivers I was too. <laughs> and has such a modern twist on a lot of this stuff that, I, I don't know, I was pleasantly surprised and I think it's so good.
1: Agreed. It was a lot more progressive than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um this is also one one other thing about this movie. This is our last 70s movie. After this, we go, we go into the 80s.
0: Where did the 20s go? I feel like it was just yesterday we were watching a Broadway melody. No,
1: Ian, it was like three years ago.
0: <laughs> well, this last year didn't happen, so. Uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I'll go into awards and nominations and let's jump right into this movie because there is so much to talk about. Um, It was nominated for a lot of stuff, and it actually won most of the things it was nominated for. Robert Benton won for Best Director. Dustin Hoffman won for Best Actor. Meryl Streep won for Best Supporting Actress. Justin Henry, who plays the young kid, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Jane Alexander was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Robert Benton also won for Best Adapted Screenplay, and it was nominated for Cinematography and Film Editing.
0: I have zero bone to pick with any of those nominations. And it's such a shame that Jane Alexander had to go up against Meryl Streep.
1: They're both so good. But I mean, yeah, you got to give it to Meryl Streep. Oh, for sure. Like she, she absolutely knocks it out of the park in this. Um, And I think some of the stuff with her character and some of the stuff that she did with her character kind of had a little bit more room for showing Mm -hmm. some slightly stronger acting chops. Um, We'll we'll get into it.
0: I will say, I think Jane Alexander's performance the night that Joanna leaves is maybe quite not the right, I guess, level of energy or expression. It it felt a little weird to me, maybe wouldn't. Whereas I never felt that from Meryl Streep.
1: Yeah, I was I actually liked her her performance about that first night. We'll get into it and talk about our differences. But there was some stuff later on that I was like, a man wrote this dialogue and it is so clear, <laughs> uh, but that's not her fault. Um other nominees from that year: All That Jazz, Apocalypse Now, Breaking Away, and Norma Ray. I've actually seen two of those. I've seen both Apocalypse Now and Breaking Away, and like both of those quite a bit. So, um, but I think having having seen those, I would still give it to Kramer versus Kramer. I think it's a legitimate win.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and my again limited, uh, I guess, experience here, I do think it probably is dealing with some themes especially around families that we will have never seen before. And it's, it's pretty novel in that regard. So that definitely contributes to its, I guess, uh, worthiness of a win in my mind.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into Watch Notes.
0: Sounds good. So I loved the first sequence on the night that Joanna leaves and the way that they juxtapose both Joanna and Ted in this sequence.
1: Yes. They also do a really great job of one, establishing early on that while Joanna is clearly struggling and is troubled and is having a hard time. They also show you that like Ted is such a dick. So you have no doubt that she one, loves their kid. Mm -hmm. And two, that like you. I was like, I have known this man after they do Ted's introduction because it's Joanna sitting there like sitting there with Billy as he's like falling asleep and she's just like telling him over and over again, I love you. Mm -hmm. And then you cut to Ted telling like a stupid story about a Burberry coat to his boss. And I was like, I've known this man less than like 30 seconds and I already understand why she's leaving him.
0: And it's such a good commentary on their contrary and some would say incompatible values because it's like Ted is definitely showing that he is all in on this career move. He loves the, I guess, prestige with being an ad man, all all that fun stuff. Whereas you understand that Joanna really values her child. And I mean, you can make some assumptions, but it's pretty clear that she is not getting the support from Ted that she needs or wants because he is so into his job.
1: Well, and when he comes home, he's uh, being like, you know, why are you doing this right now? Like, no, 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 we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And she's like very insistent that like, we can't, and we've tried, Mm -hmm. like, I just, I can't do this anymore. And he is acting like this has come out of nowhere Uh huh. that he can't understand why this is happening. He, you know, immediately starts going through like the stages, the stages of grief. Like he's, he's angry with her. He's like, how could she do this? Um, he seems absolutely like flummoxed that she would leave her kid. Although she tries explaining to him then, and it's very clear that he doesn't get it, but he gets it later in the film mm-hmm. where she is like, I think it's better for him to stay here. Like what I'm going through right now. Like, I, I don't think it's best for him to be with me, which I think a lot of people in our society and especially back in Like, you know, the 70s, moving into the 80s, people would be like, well, what a horrible mother. Like, why would you ever not take your kid with you? Like, why Mm -hmm. would you ever leave your kid? But I think it's actually showing how much she cares about Billy. That she's like, I care what's best for him. And whether it's true or not, she firmly believes that her leaving and not taking him with her is the best thing for him.
0: And let's be honest, it probably is And I yeah. think it is such an insightful and compassionate thing for her to actually think about. So I yes. I don't fault her at all for, for leaving without him. Now, one thing that I do want to highlight with Ted is, and I think it's a testament to the writing and how they set this up is how the entirety of the framing of this argument is what she is doing to him. Like he yep. has no part, he has no responsibility and I think it's just important to highlight because of the way that comes back in the. He just got great half. news
1: today. Oh right? my gosh! And he's like, um, even when her friend, so the, or what? Well, I'm gonna say her friend right now. Yep. But the character of Margaret becomes actually both of their friends. Uh, Margaret, who is also a divorcee, comes up um, and is basically like, "Well, where is Joanna? Like, is everything okay? She's actually concerned about Joanna." Mm-hmm. And Ted is like, I came home with great news. Like, this is one of the five best days of my life. And she ruined it for me. And then at one point, he says to Margaret, like, don't you get what she's done to me? And Margaret goes, oh, yeah, he says, do you understand what she did to me? And Margaret goes, yeah, she loused up one of the five best days of your life. And I was like, I love Margaret and her sass.
0: Just the perfect response.
1: Well, and then we have him blaming Margaret and being like, well, we never had marriage issues until like you and Charlie broke up. And it's like, that's definitely not true.
0: Yeah. Don't blame other people for problems that you just can't see right in front of your face, which again, that I think it's really important to set his character up that way though. So it's infuriating, but important.
1: Yes. They give him so much room to grow and then they actually have him grow, um, which is an absolute treat to watch because at the very beginning of this movie i'm like fuck this guy i hate this guy and by the end of it i'm like i like this person Mm -hmm.
0: he proved that he genuinely was a like a good person underneath it all once he finally got his priorities like all straightened out
1: (laughs) yeah but then we we move to a scene that is going to become very very symbolic and that is the french toast scene
0: yeah, I honestly love this whole morning scene and how it sets up the like false sense of everything is okay, everything is fine. And you see this like thin veneer of Ted holding it together. And again, testament to Dustin Hoffman's performance here is that we can actually see that kind of thing, that chaos running in the back of his mind yes. throughout that whole scene.
1: Well, and I think this is very important, too, because he's doing it for his kid. Yeah,
0: yeah. So even when he's at the beginning and hasn't gone through any sort of, I guess, realization or change in thought or anything like that, he still at least has some sense of needing to put on a good face for his kid.
1: Well, and also it's like he's now having to see what his wife did every single fucking morning and like juggling all that. And yeah, uh, Clearly has no idea how to make French toast.
0: Oh, my goodness. Puts it into a mug.
1: (laughs) Burns his hand. Um, But, yeah, it's just this, like, chaotic scene of, like, that first morning of, like, getting your kid fed, getting him to school. He ends up being late to work, which his boss is a total fucking dick about.
0: Well, I do really love the way that they set up that scene with his boss, where you see ted on a couch looks like he's in therapy but it come come to find out he's really just venting to his boss and the gist of this conversation is you cannot have a family and have this job like you cannot be a single parent
1: which is the biggest bullshit ever and i think shot in such a light and i think it's definitely gotten better since Mm -hmm. that time but it's like work-life balance is still like a struggle like I don't even have kids and I struggle with it. So like, can you imagine having kids or being a single parent trying to strike that balance? Like it's very tough and not all workplaces are very accommodating to that kind of thing, which is a huge problem because he's telling Ted like, oh, you should just like foist your kid off on relatives. And Ted's like, I'm not going to do that, Which props to him for not doing that, but also just like the expectation that like, well, you're a dad. So why would you raise your own child? That's yeah. just ridiculous. Like you should care about your career more. And that one is a very unfair expectation of dads who I would say many, if not most probably want to be there for their kid mm-hmm. and spend time with their kid. But also like that is such a double standard because to women, it would be the exact opposite. It would be like, oh, you can't have a job and have kids, so you should quit your job.
0: Yeah. And I, I love, again, that this subverts that sort of stereotype there where the stereotype is that dad's going to be the bring home the bacon, as he says repeatedly.
1: I like when he says, I have to bring home the bacon and now I also have to cook oh, it. Oh,
0: it's such good writing. The, again, the writing in this film is is great. And honestly, the, the kind of narrative arc that they set up cannot praise enough. So Agreed. But yeah, that that laid it out in maybe a little bit too clear terms of the that very clear trade-off that is going to happen throughout the film and that tension between work and being a single parent.
1: But yeah, that's when I was like dude, fuck this boss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Next, we just have sort of this compilation of scenes just showing like how tough it is to be a single parent, which one, I think it's really important that we are showing just generally the struggles of being a single parent and a single working parent and two showing like being a single dad. Like that's not really the depiction we get most. Like I was trying to think of older movies that like have that Mm -hmm. and the. One I could think of was to kill a mockingbird.
0: And that was, I, I don't know, because that was like a small town, different situation. I, I i don't know why, but that just doesn't feel quite the same. And I, I think it comes down to the it takes a village to raise a child mentality that
1: well, kind of goes on. Well, and Atticus Finch has so much help. Yes. Like, it's very clear that he has a lot of help and really... Ted, our character in Kramer versus Kramer, he kind of has one person helping him, and that's Margaret. And we start to get like a very wonderful, beautiful friendship being established between Ted and Margaret. Margaret, the person who he like took out Mm -hmm. his anger on initially. And I like the idea that like Margaret understood where that anger was coming from and is now able to like, like they're sitting on benches in the park watching their kids play. And they're talking about like the struggles of being a single parent, like dating again. Yeah. And like, do you think you would get married again? Which all of Margaret's dialogue clearly written by a guy because it's like, no, it's that death to us part, stuff is real. And like, yes, Charlie's off with this younger woman, but like, I just couldn't do it. Although they do later have her having like gone on dates and stuff, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. And I love that they have Ted being like excited for her that like she went on a date with this French professor. And uh, she's also like, like, I don't know, like the friendship between them, I just really love because, well, one, I love that it is a friendship between a heterosexual man and a heterosexual woman that does not end in them getting together. Oh my
0: gosh, that was like my number one note from all of their interactions is that we see a platonic friendship between a straight opposite sex group of people or two people, I should say. Like not something, well, it's something that I'm struggling to actually see at all in the the rest of these these best picture winners
1: well just movies in general it's kind of rare like i and there's their friendship like it's very sweet like they hug each other like they're very comfortable with each other they're talking about their sex lives with each Mm -hmm. other but like at no point is there any like oh well maybe we should get togetherness about it. Like they're just 100% there to like be emotional support for each other mm-hmm. and to like help each other. And I love that.
0: It is really nice. I just, I don't know. I, I echo everything that you said. I don't really have anything to add except to be like, yes, I want more of their screen time. And this is where, um, this is where I really think Jane Alexander kind of shone, shined, shone, anyway, whatever the, the tense of that verb is. Um, shined. Shined, I like it. We're going with that um, in this film, in the way that she just kind of had this easy relationship with Ted. I don't know. It's it's great.
1: Yeah. Um. We get like uh. This is. A, I'm going definitely like a little bit out of order in this, but I would say that a lot of this section is just very much like vignettes showing like how he's coping and also showing like how. Billy and Ted are starting to establish a routine. You have like the scene with the shot down the hall where it's like one of them uses the bathroom, then the other uses the bathroom. They come out, you've got the donuts on the plates and they've each got their little paper or magazine to flip through in the morning because they've given up on French toast. Oh, and the
0: just calm, easy, we've done this a million times sort of routine. It was such a transition from that first chaotic morning where Ted spills the French toast everywhere and burns the crap out of his hand because he grabbed a hot cast iron skillet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, I just, I really liked that scene. Um, I would also like to highlight at some point in this scene or in this um, segment, we get a scene where Ted is tucking Billy in. Mm-hmm. This is after Joanna has written a letter to Billy, which,
0: okay, actually, since you mentioned that, I wanted to talk great. about that letter <laughs> really quick. Because yeah. it's, I, I, I think it's really interesting that Ted decides to read it aloud, just without having read it first. Exactly, and I'm like idiot. Ted was (laughs) definitely still in denial about the state of things at that point in the film. Yeah,
1: this is early on. This is very early on.
0: But I loved. Well, I didn't love it, but the performance from Billy in that scene was amazing. So Ted's reading through the letter, and it's like, okay, hey, I still love you. Yada yada yada. I had to go away. But at some point, Billy's like, I don't want to hear it, and turns the cartoons back on. So yeah. I-, I think emphasizing that a child, even a five and a half, six, seven-year-old child, has feelings, has wants, desires, maybe doesn't want to hear bullshit from a parent, like, that's such a fresh view on children, in my mind, in movies Well, especially. it's also,
1: also, too, though, it's the idea that, like, I, well, one, I don't think the letter was a great idea I feel like that was not the right call from Joanna. But she is trying to explain a very adult concept of like identity Mm -hmm. to a young child, and the child doesn't get it because the child is also still angry and doesn't understand. And up until that point, Ted has been clearly putting on this, like, well, she's coming back. Like, don't worry, she's coming back and hasn't really had that tough conversation with his son yet. And then we see that play out with like some... Rattiness from Billy, mm-hmm. including the scene where he is not going to eat his vegetables, but is going to eat that ice cream. And I was like, every parent that has ever watched this movie has related to that scene where Billy just goes and gets the ice cream out of the fridge. And Ted's like, don't do it. Don't you take a bite of that ice cream.
0: With that. Okay. You keep mentioning these scenes and I'm like, wait a minute. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I love one that Ted followed through. I was like, are you going to follow through? You're making a lot of threats. Yeah,
1: I was like, this kid needs a little bit of discipline. Like, but come it's, on.
0: I don't know. It feels so real the way that he is then like, all right, let me scoop you up, throw you in your room. Time for bed. And then words were had. And I'm like, yes. that to me is a really real situation and even showing that Ted breaks down and and doesn't have that good face for Billy and is like well I hate you too <laughs> like yes, it's such yeah. and an insight into the fact that parenthood especially single parenthood is not always a cakewalk and sometimes you genuinely do not like your kids And that's also fine.
1: (laughs) Yes, and that being a good parent doesn't mean being a perfect parent or being what society has told you is a perfect parent. And they kind of bring up that theme with Joanna leaving where she's like, I'm not good for Billy. Like, I'm not patient. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not all of these things that I've been told I have to be for him. And we see that even again in uh, the scene where Billy's on the jungle gym. Mm And he falls, and he falls. Like, Margaret goes over there to help him, but she's like, no, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. But she's also talking to Ted, so she's distracted. And Billy falls, and he gets a cut and has to have some stitches. Okay, he's a kid. Which I love. (laughs) I know. Which I love Ted, like, just sprinting down the street with him to the emergency room, having a total, absolute freak out, because he, up until this point, has not been the primary caregiver Mm -hmm. and has been kind of an absent father. So he's never dealt with a kid injury before and is freaking the fuck out but there's the scene after all of that where well and we also get the assumption with the the doctor who doesn't ask margaret to leave mm-hmm. but it's like oh you don't need to be in here sir it's fine and ted's like no 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 that's my fucking kid and,
0: okay dustin hoffman's performance here is everything because you see one how far the character ted has come because he's like i will be present i am his parent and yes I think this was where one of the many times where I like teared up and cried a little bit where he... Ted has his forehead against Billy's while he's getting Billy's getting stitches. And it's just like such an emotionally charged and potentially traumatic scene for Billy. But it's like, I am going through this with you, even though it hurts me, too, is is what I was getting out of that performance. So I'm just like, yeah, like, whoa,
1: it's hard. Like, it's the idea that, like, basically, this is this is a very hard thing. He is going to watch his kid go through pain. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I was like, where's the local anesthetic here, doc? Like, come on, man. This kid's young. But um. He's like i'm going to watch this thing but like i he's given an out Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to do the hard thing the doctor and society Mm -hmm. gives him the out and he doesn't take it because that's not the right thing to do oh my gosh i love that and this yes so much character growth but then there's the conversation after that at home where margaret's there and she is so guilty and she's doing the dishes and ted is like it's not your fault and then he says to her you're a good mother Mm -hmm. And he asks her, you know, if anything happens to me, I've been thinking about this, and I was wondering if you would take care of Billy for me because I trust you and you're a good mother. And I think that is so important because I think there's a lot of pressure on parents in general, but especially moms, Mm -hmm. that, like, you have to be perfect. And if you do anything that isn't exactly what society thinks a perfect mother does, then you are a bad mother. But I like that this movie is, like, that's not the case. If you are trying your best and you love your kid then you're a good parent mm-hmm. and you're a good mom. And it doesn't punish Margaret for like a mistake. And I love that. I I love that. I think it's so good. And I think it's a beautiful moment between the two of them that is like, they just, they get each other and they trust each other. And, oh, yes. and then her reaction to like him expressing that trust and that confidence in her is just, it's so good.
0: I could not agree more. And that, I mean, that scene... And the the injury scenes before in the emergency room, all of that, like that's contributing to Ted's character development. But even if we go back to the like Salisbury steak ice cream incident, the way that he makes up with Billy at the end there is one <gasps> this so sweet. And two, the speech that Ted gives about why Joanna left and why it is not Billy's fault that she left. Just to me, my mind was blown at the amount of self-reflection and empathy that he was able to come up with and understand about his ex-wife. Like, holy shit.
1: We have seen like that scene to me was, I was like, this character has absolutely grown and evolved. And there's a couple layers to it. Let's talk about that scene. One He's making sure that Billy knows it's not his fault. Mm -hmm. Two, despite the fact that he is and has been angry with Joanna, because I think he still is angry with her. He makes sure Billy knows that she loves him. Yep. Three, he recognizes his own part in the breakdown of their marriage and recognizes his own mistakes and takes full responsibility for them. And four... He takes sole responsibility for the sake of his child. Like, I don't think it's all Ted's fault. I don't think Ted thinks it's all Ted's fault. But he's willing to look at his son and be like, I don't want my son thinking his mom doesn't love him. Mm -hmm. And I am willing to say that this entire thing is 100% my fault. Because, like, that's what my son needs right now.
0: Yeah. And I I cannot praise Dustin Hoffman's performance any more than I already have. Because it's just... The most believable, quiet, emotional, sleepy late at night, like, sort of parent-child exchange that I can think of. So, and it's, uh, it's so good.
1: <laughs> it's very good. Now, let's get into Joanna's return.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. So the first time we see Joanna, I do kind of, it did cra- crack me up how she was just kind of the creeper in the window. And we were like, yes. oh my gosh.
1: Singita and I, Singita, watched this with me and we were like, oh my God, how creepy. And also like the fact that she is repeatedly going and just watching her son, like we're entering stalker territory. She's on some shaky ground. Right now we're like this isn't okay like if you go by and see your kid once I'll give it to you but like after that you need to notify your ex that you're in town. Well
0: and let me tell you I do love how they did set her up on this kind of very shaky adversarial ground because it so heightens the entire custody trial scene
1: but then they flip it and because Meryl Streep is so good she adds all the layers to join i but we'll exactly. get there. We'll get there.
0: Exactly. That's we'll the thing. There. Like The way that I was thinking about it is I'm like you are not being fair to this character but then when I saw what they did with it I was so on board.
1: Yes. Because what they're doing is she comes back and so now suddenly there is a wrench in the life that Billy and Ted have created mm-hmm. and the routine they've established and Ted is understandably angry. He does agree to meet with her. They have a lunch where Joanna's trying to explain that like I was in a really bad place, but like, I'm, I'm seeing an analyst AKA a therapist now. And like, I am, I've talked through things and I've learned stuff about myself and I understand like where I, I needed to grow and I've done the work and I would like my son back. I will say one thing about the scene when he throws the glass, Dustin Hoffman did not tell Meryl Streep he was going to do that, which is understandably wrong and scary. Yeah. Apparently, they did not have a great working relationship. He, Dustin Hoffman is a method actor, and apparently he was very uh, rude I'm sorry. to say it kindly. Just
0: because you're a method actor does not give you carte blanche to treat your co-workers like shit.
1: Agreed. I 100% agreed. That is... I. I mean, if if like if method actors like the way you got to do it, whatever. But like, I feel like a lot of times it is used as an excuse to be terrible, uh, particularly to actresses. So let's not do that. You guys. Cool. We all on the same page. Awesome. Sweet. Back to this movie. Um,
0: well, in the beginning of that conversation. OK, so to go back to the movie. <laughs> yeah. I again, that growth in the character. Amazing. Genuinely interested in what Joanna had to say and was like, I, I think he literally did have to say no I'm genuinely interested in what.
1: Right. Cause she's when he says, well, what did you learn? She, she's immediately like suspicious and like kind of taken aback. And he's like, no, I genuinely want to know, but we do see that like, there is still work he has to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still work they both have to do, but he, he's angry again because this is, you know, it's reopened the wound.
0: Well, and you notice it happens Uh, as soon as billy is brought into the picture and that i think at least in what i've seen in my own family with situations that are similar with divorce and custody and all of that to me it seems like it is always the sticking point is like okay how are we going to manage this relationship with our children and like that causes or can cause so much strife so i yeah
1: yeah, which this movie 100% gets into. Um we have the bit where, you know, he obviously hires a lawyer, she's hiring a lawyer, they're going to go to court in the custody battle. There's the bit where she's like, "I want to see him," and he's very upset mm-hmm. and like worried, and the his lawyer's like, "Well, you can't stop her cuz like she is also his parent." Like she has rights as well to see mm-hmm. him. And I do think that this movie kind of delves into like it's like, "Well, she's the mother." As if and he even says it at one point during The Child that like just being a a mother versus a father doesn't necessarily automatically make you the better parent, which is true. Although I do think that this movie also perpetuates some, from my reading, inaccurate ideas about custody statistics. Mm -hmm. But we can get into that a little bit later. But yeah, he's he's like worried. He's like, what if she doesn't bring him back? What if she kidnaps him? He's terrified when he drops Billy off at the park. He and Joanna don't go near each other. They say the minimum amount of words to each other. Mm
0: -hmm. And the way that was filmed was very... I don't know. I, I, I viewed it from a very devastating point of view. So, like, we're up until this point given so much development between Billy and Ted that when it has this kind of triumphant music and this, like, jubilant return of Joanna, like, my immediate gut reaction is that's not fair. Like what's going on here? Why is she allowed to just come back in and scot free kid runs back to her? Like that doesn't seem fair. But again, the fact that and I bring felt up that, some stuff
1: at the trial yeah. that really kind of counteracts that. And that's because we've spent so much time of this in this movie from Ted's point of mm-hmm. view. So we're seeing, we're seeing really like what his point of view of the situation is. Although I do think it's so important that Billy still like clearly runs to Joanna and she is like, crying almost on her knees Mm -hmm. to like scoop him up like she really like you can tell that she really does love him and i do like that all of these concerns ted has are told to the other adults in his life he never says anything to billy Mm -hmm. to be like your mom is bad
0: oh yeah and that that again is emphasizing this idea that what is best for billy is the path to be taken yes Sorry yeah. that for that Yoda like phrasing there but <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's okay. Let's talk about this trial.
0: Oh my goodness. Before we get there though, I do want to emphasize that we we kind of glossed over a lot of this uh kind of character development between Billy and ted as well as a lot of the work strife that he is going through so we do see scenes of the struggles of trying to balance both of those roles as being a single father as well as being a high performing professional like he's missing deadlines it is clear that that relationship is on shaky ground by the end of this sequence so um i think my favorite one was when he comes in with the groceries and asks his assistant yes. to put the chicken in the, fridge. <laughs> in the fridge. Yeah,
1: and and those people are looking at him like, "How dare this man like help raise his own child? Yeah. or a- solely raise his own child? Like,
0: and I, I do. I just love the little comedic elements that they do bring in from time to time to kind of counteract the the solemnity of the rest of the the themes and content.
1: Right. Well, and I like that this movie is so clearly in Ted's corner when it comes to the the work stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like his bosses are assholes. Yeah. Like look at these, these assholes just who end up firing him. Cause they're like, Oh, you can't do the job. And then they're like, Oh, but like you're smart and talented. You'll get a job somewhere else. And it's like, well then why did you fire him if he's smart and talented? And he, he calls them out on the bullshit. And also at that point, they're in the middle of a custody battle. Not having a yeah, job horrible. in a custody battle is a death sentence. Like if you are unemployed, you don't get the kid. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think he leaves with, how dare you, when his boss tries to cut him a check for a loan for money. And I'm like, this is some bullshit. If you felt bad about it, don't try to buy him off. Like, give him a lower position with less responsibility. And that's fine. Don't, like, like equivocate with this, like, it'll be easier if it's a clean break. Did you ask if it would be easier?
1: It's not going to be easier if it's a clean break. Like, the the boss is 100% covering his own ass. Like, he doesn't give a shit about Ted. He doesn't care that, like, Ted is had a very large shakeup in his Mm -hmm. life and therefore some things are going to have to change and be altered. And it's, it's really just highlighting the sexism in the, in the system. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and I know we talked a little bit before recording about how this movie does have some commentary around how patriarchy and specifically the idea that men and fathers should be the ones always working can do disservice to men in that system and i think it does very yeah. clearly with ted here so it's that that's such a modern point of view in my mind yes, for something yeah, that agreed. came out in 1979
1: like <laughs> i mean well we're in the middle of second wave feminism mm-hmm. like it's been going strong so um a lot of the issues and the social issues that it's touching on are things that have been kind of in the forefront of society at that time for a little while mm-hmm um and have always been issues in society even if they haven't been at the forefront of the conversation but it the idea yeah that you're looking at at a patriarchal system and being like hey patriarchy sucks doesn't only suck for women sucks for everyone mm-hmm. and here's why like that does feel like it is And granted, I need to read more about second wave feminism and know my shit better. But like it feels like a conversation that we are still so so much having today, especially with people who are resistant to ideas about feminism Mm -hmm. and stuff. It's like, look, like just because it's called feminism doesn't mean that it's all about women. Like it's actually better for everybody yeah. Let's not get hung up on the semantics.
0: And I, I don't know. I think the the COVID pandemic has in some ways really thrown that into to like center view. Like it's interesting how things change
1: or or don't change. Well, hey.
0: That <laughs> is a separate discussion, but <laughs>
1: yeah. So now we're getting into the trial and I love what they do with this trial where they have Ted and Joanna both taking responsibility for their own actions, admitting that they've made mistakes, also admitting that you can't go back and change a mistake. And neither of them are the ones throwing the other people under the bus. It's those Mm -hmm. fucking lawyers and that goddamn judge.
0: Yeah. But I do appreciate that Ted's lawyer in particular is like, we're up against tall odds. And I'm going to have to play dirty to do this. Can you handle it? Are you okay with this? So it, it's almost like I, I'm trying to really wrap my mind around what the goal was with that. But it almost feels like it it's showing how situations like this encourage people to be the worst versions of themselves. And it's like, okay, this is good for no one <laughs> to be doing yeah. this. And, hey, I'll do it. It's going to cost you and it's going to suck. But I will do it if you want me to. So, I I don't know. That's kind of a testament to how close Ted is with Billy, in my mind. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like I think both of the you know both of them clearly like want their kid back. And Sangina and I did some googling because we were, I was like, well, both of them clearly like their kid. She's moved back to New York, mm-hmm. so I was like, it's so like why don't you just do shared custody? Like why is this? an issue and apparently until like the mid 80s shared custody wasn't really the norm. I think it existed, mm-hmm. but apparently it wasn't the norm. Um because I was like you guys there's a very obvious solution here that we don't have to do this shit. But I do think, you know, you're talking about Ted's lawyer being like we're going up against like insurmountable odds because she's the mother. I do think that that is a little bit Spreading some inaccuracies. Again, this is based on stuff that I've read. I'm not an expert in this field, but a lot of people are like, well, mothers tend to get custody. Yes, because a lot of times fathers don't contest. But in cases where the father is contesting for custody, usually the father will get it. Interesting. Now, that's from some reading I did that was a couple years ago. Uh I don't know if that's changed. But that is, that is what I had read.
0: Well, but that's still like a really interesting, could be read in a really interesting way in that, okay, we, we assume that most fathers really don't care to have their kids in their lives. But if they make the potentially extraordinary effort to actually contest and or ask for for. Custody, like all of a sudden, that means that their word is is strong. I, I don't know. It.
1: I think it's more that people are more willing to be critical of women's parenting, mm. so that it's easy. It's quote unquote easier to quote unquote prove that a mother is unfit. I also wonder if it has to do with financials.
0: Yeah, which did and the fact come that up in, men usually
1: often get pay more, which comes up in the trial, yeah. which I think is so interesting because we start with Joanna on the stand and they ask about like her job and she she also talks about like she needed creative fulfillment mm-hmm. and like her entire life she was someone's daughter or mother and she needed to find out who she was and how she was struggling and Ted just wasn't there for her emotionally and that she didn't take her son with her because she honestly didn't know what she was leaving to mm-hmm. and she thought it would be better to like leave him with a capable parent who could offer some stability when she didn't know what she was going to be able to make out of her life when she left, but that now she has a job and she says what her salary is and she makes more than he does. And I do like Ted's reaction to it because it's not like a, oh, what? She makes more than I do. It's like an, oh shit, that's, that's going to 100% be in her favor.
0: Yeah. There's no pride involved. It's all about the, how that's going to affect the result.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure it was a huge part of the result.
0: Yeah. And it's very clear there's no pride involved that we did not talk about it. But the scene in which he demands that job was uh, he's just like, no, no, no. You got to tell me today. I know I'm overqualified. My reasons are my own. And they give it to him. And I, I, yeah, the amount of strength and like fortitude that he he exhibits for his kid because he knows he needs a job in 24 hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and he 100 percent like he's like fuck my own pride Mm -hmm. like I had to do this for my kid because he's sitting there while everyone else is at that massive HR violation of a party it was
0: 1979 don't worry about it (laughs) I
1: know I will worry about it um but like everybody else is partying he's nervous he's having to sit there and he's like yes I'm willing I know this is a step down yes I will take a pay cut yes I'm overqualified but like they're like well why do you like can I we ask then, like why you're willing to have this job and he's like because I need it yeah like duh That's why the vast majority of people work, because they need a job. Um, And then he does randomly kiss a coworker on his way out because he's so excited. But I was like, let's not start off at our new job with sexual harassment, please.
0: But in that scene, I did love how the party music and that background turned from such a, I guess, like longing outside view. And it was like almost sad to really being joyous in the spirit of that occasion. So like that was a really fun kind of i guess sound technique that they used in there so anyway we've been light on talking about kind of the visual and the sound in this and i I think it's really a testament to how yes how well it's done that it just emphasizes these themes and interactions that we're we're talking about
1: i did find that they they kind of seem to blend in they they weren't distracting from like the performances and like the character stuff which like is what the meat of this film mm-hmm. is. So, like, I was, I was very okay with that, and I did love the way they shot around the apartment. Oh, for and, sure. Like, would set up looking through doors and all of that stuff.
0: And their decisions to go back to the trial to have these long, lingering shots on, especially Joanna as she's giving whoever's her testimony. on the stand.
1: Yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep is absolutely killing it on the stand. His lawyer gets up and is being like super aggressive and is like. Well, is he a bad father? Or everything, and she, I, I again love this, and we see it too when he is on the stand, taught, being asked about her. Mm-hmm. Neither of them will disparage the other person, and both of them are like, "I have no doubt that that person loves our son," but I, I like something that she says here, where she's like, "Yes, Ted has, you know, raised our son and stuff for the past eighteen months. I did that for five and a half years, mm-hmm. and like." I don't think the fact that he's done it the past 18 months can wipe away the fact that I did that for five and a half years.
0: And honestly, that was kind of the final nail in the, oh, my God, am I on Joanna's side now? <laughs> and it's it, it was kind of building throughout the whole thing where I was like, wow, the uh, Ted's attorney is definitely being an asshole to her. And I'm like, OK, come on. She, she deserves better than this and deserves to be in her kid's life
1: it's because your view of joanna is now changing because ted's view of joanna is now changing
0: so good sorry this uh.
1: <laughs> oh it's so good and like uh his lawyer goes into like asking her about her sex life uh which is totally out of line and that fucking judge allows it and then ted's response is like did you have to go so rough on her now i want to flip this to when ted's on the stand because this is what these two lawyers do is they go after each of them for the things the patriarchy considers most reprehensible in their gender. Yes. They go after Joanna's uh, supposed or perceived sexual promiscuity mm-hmm. and they go after Ted's ability to bring home money and financially provide for his family. And it's completely unfair both times.
0: Totally agree. And I mean, the way that I viewed it was more like, okay, they are highlighting some of the largest things that both of those characters want to change or are ashamed of or all of that stuff. Like in Joanna's case, more the leaving without her kid and less the like, Mm -hmm. how many partners have you had? I think that was a a super low blow. But your read. Yes. Just all the way. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, and because with Ted, they're like, well, you got fired or like you lost this account. And he's like, yeah, because my kid had one hundred and four fever mm-hmm. or like I. Yes, I had to go to the school because they had sat my kid next to someone who was biting him. Like he's like, I'm not going to let my kid be sick or get hurt for a fucking ad account. Yeah. Like, and there was
0: no room. And and I think this is kind of a, a metaphor for society at large. There was no room to explain why it was just yes or no? Did this happen?
1: And the same with Joanna too. Like with the relationships and stuff, they're like, you know, how many partners have you had? And she's like, I like, I don't know, like a few. And they're like, oh, between three and thirty-three. And it's like, up yours, dude. Like, no, fuck off. But she can't say that because she wants her kid back. Yeah.
0: Well, and oh my goodness, the way you see the the mask and see what's going on behind the mask of Joanna during that. And you see her
1: watching Ted's reaction. And you also have Margaret on the stand, which God poor Margaret, because she is friends with both of these people and her just being like, Joanna, like Ted has changed. Well, then Joanna gets to see that he's changed on the stand. And I love the way it'll show the person on the stand, but it also shows their reactions to what they're hearing. And so this whole trial as ugly and awful as it is, and they both, like, apologized to each other. Like, she was like, I told him about you being an absent father and stuff, be, like, after we had that lunch, and you were so mean to me, and I was so mad.
0: Well, and it, that was the, like, almost lost his eye, which is such, such yes. a dramatic reading of that scene. Kids fall off shit and hurt themselves. Well, that is a it's normal it's funny, thing. too, because
1: <laughs> Ted is like, when they get to the hospital, Ted's like, is he going to lose his eye? And the doctor's like, No. <laughs> but but like you're seeing the fact that like both of these people like like this is a very emotionally charged thing that's happening and the fact that these lawyers are just being nightmares about it and that there doesn't at least seem that they they at the very least weren't aware that there is like a simpler way to do Mm -hmm. this and I feel like those two characters almost had to go through this shit in order to realize how much the other person has grown and changed Mm -hmm. and in the end They do.
0: I I, I swear (laughs) at the end of that scene, though, by note, in all caps is I'm angry at everyone because I was angry at fucking everyone in that scene.
1: (laughs) Yes. But yes, I was sitting there the whole time just going like, you guys can share custody.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Plenty of people have done it. I grew up with so many kids whose like parents were divorced and it was shared custody and there were no problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those kids did great.
0: Ugh. Okay, so the, the trial is thankfully done. We find out, of course, that Ted has lost that primary custody battle. His reaction with the lawyer is so compassionate and, again, in the best interest of Billy. Because the lawyer is like, I'm going to have to put Billy on the stand and that is the thing. If
1: we appeal. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that to my son.
0: Which is like so again I don't know in my mind selfless because it's like I'm not going to put my kid through that even if it means I don't get what I want
1: it is absolutely and then we go to the final scene
0: oh wait no 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 the scene where he's telling oh. Billy what's going to happen
1: oh yes. tugging oh, at that's my heart
0: because so Billy's like Okay, you're not going to be able to kiss me goodnight.
1: Okay, like, I'm ugh. sorry, but also this kid is like, well, who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? It's like, well, when you're at your mom's, okay, she's going to do it. When you're at your dad's, he's going to do. It. I'm sorry, seven's not stupid, Ian. Not, I worked, but I worked summer camp, and there were plenty of kids who could have grasped that situation. Okay, fair. Like, come on, Billy. A little. But
0: it emphasizes like how important Ted has become in Billy's life that. Ted Agreed. is the only person that he thinks of in this parental context, and it's just heartbreaking that he's going to have to not have that. So I, I mean, yeah. he
1: will, though. Like that's it's not the end of the world. Kid, come okay, on. Okay, it's not. I,
0: let me have my emotions. Damn it.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no emotions for you. Anyway, but I want to talk about this final yes, scene because yes. this. Oh my god, we have talked about so many movies on this podcast that did not stick the landing. That had a disappointing ending this you guys is how you do a satisfying ending and i would consider this a happy ending even though i think it doesn't fit the necessarily quote unquote classical happy ending which in a worse done movie maybe i'm not gonna say a word like a a lesser movie i'm gonna say probably an older movie what happens is joanna and ted get back together But that would not be satisfying.
0: No, it wouldn't, because they don't belong together and we know it.
1: So instead what this movie does is you have Billy and Ted in the apartment with Billy's suitcase. He's ready to go. His mom's picking him up. Ted's kind of putting on that false happy again, but it's not manic. Joanna calls up and is like, can you meet me down, like down in the lobby? And he goes down and she's crying and she's kind of nervous. And I got scared for a minute because I was like, oh, no, is she going to leave again? Mm Mm-hmm. But what it is is she's saying, you know, I was thinking about him and his room and like the clouds I had painted in his room for him. And I was like, well, why didn't I do that in the new place? And
0: so he feels like he's waking up at home at
1: home. And then she's like, and that's when I realized he is at home and I can't take him away from home. Like as much as I want him to be with me, I have to do what's best for him and her breaking down with that struggle but also recognizing Mm -hmm. it and then the way he goes to comfort her because it's the exact same struggle that he has been going through and it's just growth recognizing growth
0: and it's beautiful it's beautiful
1: then the final bit where she gets in the elevator and he goes you can go up and tell him without me yeah just contrasted with the first time after she comes back where he's on the phone worried that she's going to kidnap him. And now it's like, and I recognize like your part in what's going on and this relationship. And I trust you. Yes. Yes. Oh. And then, and then her being like, how do I look? Like, she's like, I want to, I want to make sure like I look okay for my kid. And then he's like, you look great. Like, it just,
0: and then the elevator door closes. And like, compare that to one of the very first scenes where the last words exchanged were her saying, I don't love you. And then the door closes. So, like, yeah. that I, I'm such a sucker for these book ending tech, like things. Visual it's symmetry so great.
1: is, oh.
0: but it, it again emphasizes that growth that you hammered on. And it, uh so satisfying cuz you know that it's going to be okay and they're going to continue to do what is in Billy's best interest and given what has happened that is the best possible outcome like
1: well and you know that both of these people have like grown for the better and it's it's you know we talk a lot about them like you know doing what's best for their kid which like yes and it's important and it's great to see that from mm-hmm. both parents um when i feel like that's not always the standard movies especially um older movies but also just like seeing two people who have just begun become better people yeah because like she talks about like i felt worthless like i had no confidence i i needed like a creative outlet and like she's found that Mm -hmm. and she's found a job that she loves and him being like only all about work and kind of seeming like he really had no substance and that's all who he was to like becoming the dad who's sitting there in the sea of moms, watching his kid at the play and like delighting in the fact that like, he's there to support other people yeah. and like having this friendship with Margaret now. And I also just, they use the, this phrase a couple times in the movie and I loved it is when Billy was like, well, the other mothers let me do this <laughs> thing. I loved the use of the, and he's like, I don't care what the other mothers do. And then we see him sitting with all the yeah. other mothers. And I, I loved the way it's kind of like subverting that phrasing and kind of bringing attention to mm-hmm. it of the idea that like, women have to be the caretakers and men can't be the caretakers. And it's like, no, a dad can be a mom. Like it has nothing to do with your gender. It's about, it's about who's there.
0: Well, and beyond that, even like the amount of empathy that Ted has developed and the ability to put himself in other people's shoes under understand to some extent what they're thinking and then like actually listen. It's, it's great. It's great. So we got on a roll, and there was one little plug in the uh, court scene that I did want to mention, kind of as an aside, is okay. the involvement of the uh, Joanna's therapist. So very early on, Ted mentions that Joanna had gone to therapy and was like, hey, can we use this against her? Which I was like, hold on now. This is bullshit.
1: No. I mean, you probably could back oh, in the yeah. day, but... Now it's like, if someone's like, well, they're going to therapy, I'd be like, oh, well, okay, adjusted so they're human. They're working on themselves. Okay.
0: <laughs> but in the trial, I love that it is Joanna's side that brings it up and even goes so far as to submit a report from the therapist. So that commentary on the fact that it's like, this is nothing to be ashamed of. And in fact, we're submitting something that should work in our favor because of it is such a different take on the kind of therapy than I would have expected. So- Again, it's something it.
1: we've kind of sort of seen in a lot. I guess a lot of our 70s movies is like those slowly changing attitudes towards mental health. Yeah. And there's there's still like some stuff in there where you're like, and eh, they're still bringing in some negative connotations. But I think it's it's very interesting to see it spoken of very frankly mm-hmm. and so positively. Totally agree. Yeah, that's been a very interesting trend to watch. Uh, I do want to bring up this movie in contrast to another movie that we have not covered on the podcast, but I would like us to cover at some point, And that is 1939's The Women, which is a movie that also deals a lot about divorce mm-hmm. at a time when divorce was extremely taboo. Um, and I don't think in 79 divorce wasn't really taboo anymore, but it would still be frowned upon. Yeah. Like, I, d- I don't think it really had like, I feel like today people it's like, Oh, you're divorced. Like there's no, at least for our generation, like there's no negative negative connotation to being divorced it was like oh you're in a relationship and then you became unhappy so you ended the relationship makes sense but uh, in the women they they deal with a lot of stuff in what i would say is a very modern lens um it's also interesting that there are absolutely no male characters seen on screen in that movie although it's all about like relationships between spouses Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um but when I talked about an unsatisfying ending, the way that one ends is one of the characters, like our main character does get back with her cheating no good husband. And I, the movie's like, aren't you happy for her? And I'm like, no. She
0: shouldn't have done that. Not yeah. after this fabulous Technicolor fashion show. She was a better person.
1: Oh. <laughs> so good. Um, weren't we all better people after that fabulous Technicolor fashion show? Ian?
0: I remember very little, but that is one of the things I remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, look at how like, so we have like one movie on divorce 40 years later. We have another movie on the same thing but looking at it in a totally different lens yeah. and I think that is such an interesting evolution of society and it I don't know it's seeing a positive evolution just makes me really happy and
0: Oh, I understand. I I'm I'm with you. So went into this not knowing what to expect and being very apprehensive, came out of it singing this movie's praises. Like, I 100% think this is, like, probably going to be in my top 10-ish, if not at the top, like, third of my list. So...
1: Yeah, I I loved it. Absolutely. Do we want to talk about lists? Yeah, we should.
0: And I... Hold on. (laughs) So, again, like I said really great movie like on so many accounts so it it is going to make it into my top 10 it's my new number five which is really high and like did not expect this this is another one of those kind of like sleeper movies that i didn't even know existed because i am an uncultured swine and don't know um anyway (laughs) that puts it after rocky but before all about eve so i think Really, for me, what sets Rocky apart is the visual aspects of it that complemented the the characters. So I view the character development in Rocky as fantastic, like so, so, so good. But that ending scene with Apollo Creed in the ring, like that's just such an icing on the cake to this really well-constructed movie that was visually stunning and dealt with some s- s- themes that, you know, I think are kind of universal. Um now, when I compare this movie to All About Eve, which is going to be pushed to number six, I, they're kind of similar character studies in my mind where it's all about, like, how are we relating to this person? Let's think about, um, like, what's going through their head and all of that. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: in my mind, I think that this Kramer versus Kramer rather just did that so much better. And I, I'm thinking it's probably because it's a more modern feeling movie that I feel that way Um but it's my list, so I can do with it what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it the characters were better in, in my mind compared to All About Eve.
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering if mine should go higher. I feel like at this point in my top 10, it's like a lot of it you could just like move around. It doesn't really matter. Like they're all just kind of up there together. Oh, watch um, me it's argue my...
0: everything in an opposite order. And I can do it because they're so good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's my new number eight. So also in my top nice. 10. It comes after It Happened One Night because I'm just sorry It Happened One Night is just extremely delightful to me but I also think that you know we talked about some of the visual Mm -hmm. symbolism in Kramer versus Kramer It Happened One Night relies a lot on some visual symbolism um, that I really like Also it's your list
0: and you can do with it what you want
1: (laughs) It's a fucking delight and I love it It comes above One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and that's because I did really like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and I thought it was really well done but I think it doesn't fully explore layers to all of its characters. Mm-hmm. And I think it relies on some very gendered stereotypes. Whereas Kramer versus Kramer is like, here's your characters falling into gender stereotypes and doing things that like society would deem them either good or bad. Here is why all of your assumptions are incorrect mm-hmm. and people are more complex. And I, yeah, I, I think it did a better job with the character study yes. than One uh, Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I, I just, I... The stuff that it is, it was examining and commentating on mm-hmm. is like stuff that I personally find really interesting and I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. So that definitely helped. Yeah.
0: And I mean, hey, I know you're always down for a good subverted stereotype, as am I. So,
1: oh, <laughs> Yes. Give me your stereotypes and then chuck them out the window and I will be like, ooh, let's do this again. Oh, please do.
0: And I don't feel like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest really did that, even though it is a fantastic film.
1: It is fantastic, but it did not subvert any of my expectations or fully dissect a whole lot of societal norms.
0: Yeah. So that is uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Highly recommend it. Like it's same. it is emotional, but not in the same like really dark damaging way that I view something like deer hunter
1: (laughs) (laughs) we're just we're psychologically scarred from deer hunter I here's another thing too though that um I didn't realize I think the runtime on this yeah
0: it's less than two hours it's like an hour and 45 minutes but the amount that they cram in
1: that long and it's paced expertly so I highly recommend this one
0: So thank you for listening to Kramer versus Kramer. Um,
1: Thank you for sticking through the seventies with us. Oh
0: my goodness. We've
1: had some good ones and we've had some not so good ones. Oh, for
0: sure. But now we get to move to the eighties, which I'm excited about. Moving to the
1: eighties. Before we hit the eighties though, our next episode will be our third year anniversary episode. Okay.
0: Again, how have we been doing this this long?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm proud of us, man. I'm so proud of us. But yeah, so for people who maybe are newer or haven't listened to the anniversary episodes, what we tend to do on our anniversary is because we launched the podcast on April fools surprise uh, back in the day. So what we usually do is for our anniversary episodes is we go with a cult classic, a movie that uh, probably wouldn't win an Oscar. And that some, some people who maybe don't have as uh, high of a sense of artistic, <laughs> um, appreciation might consider a quote-unquote bad movie okay um we cover those the
0: library of ian and maggie has deemed it culturally significant so <laughs> deal with it
1: we are the new gold standard <laughs> um but yeah so uh tune in for that i believe this year we will be doing labyrinth ah,
0: so so fun a movie so. i'm excited
1: yeah but until next time Find us on social media. We are at best pictures pod on Instagram and Twitter. Please reach out and let us know your thoughts on this movie. Any of the others we've covered any other movie, really. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on for something more long form. You can email us at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com rate, subscribe, review all of that good stuff. That's how we find new and, people. Uh,
0: it's great. Yes. Thank you.
1: Tell people about us.
0: Yeah again, thanks for for listening through Kramer vs. Kramer and join us next time for our anniversary episode on Labyrinth.